Hey guys, welcome back into another episode of the Dramatic Comedy Podcast. Thanks again for listening. If you're a first-time listener, thanks for clicking the button. If you're a return listener, thank you for continuing to support. Today is January 23rd, 2021. That means one week from today, on Saturday, January 30th, is my show that I get to headline. And yes, I will be a first-time headliner. On the uh, comedy show at the Electric Comedy Night, there are still tickets available to attend in person, even if you're not in the St. George area, and it's something that you're interested in seeing. They are going to live stream it, I believe, on YouTube, and uh, there are tickets available to buy for that. I believe those are $5, so if you want to spend $5 and you can watch a handful of comedians and then myself as the headliner at the end... Uh, I promise, I, I, I think I'm confident enough in myself to say I'm worth $5. So, uh, again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that show uh, in the episode. So, uh, quick few thoughts here uh, in my opening remarks for this episode. Have you ever, you know, how many times do you ask the question, why does nothing ever go as planned? Well, there's absolutely no way to answer that question. The gods of random have their own plan. You can try and make things smooth as can be, but eventually we're all screwed over. In such moments, we may feel the need to crawl away and hide for a while, and sometimes that might be a good idea, but honestly, how boring would life be if it could be predicted? Like, have you ever fallen in love with a beautiful girl who had absolutely zero interest in dating you and then accidentally send a text to her that you meant to send to your other friend saying, I like her a lot, but I think I'm done trying? while sitting right next to her on a couch at a party at her house. And to make things worse, you don't even say anything. You just get up and run for dear life. Or were you ever so nervous on your first kiss, you know, maybe second or third date at the most, that you ask permission to kiss the person, which is a no-no. But also, as you go to say goodnight after the little peck, You say the words, good night, I love you, because you're so nervous and tired and you don't know what's going on. Or maybe you forgot to pay a speeding ticket that you thought was a warning and eight months later you got pulled over and put in handcuffs and driven to jail at one in the morning in a town where you don't even live. Maybe your dad checked the computer history while you were in high school. Or maybe your dad read something on one of your, you know, social media posts that you didn't really want him to read. Have you ever been so tired in the morning that... You put toothpaste in your hair gel and hair gel on your toothbrush? Well, if you can say yes to any of those things, then you have a great story to tell. I can say yes to all those things. Everything I just listed is an actual story that's happened to me. I have put toothpaste in my hair thinking it was hair gel. And on a separate occasion, I put hair gel on my toothpaste, on my toothbrush, and tried to brush my teeth. And maybe I shouldn't be proud about all those, And some of them I'm not proud of, maybe yet, but they have certainly kept life from being boring. The point of all this is, is awkward moments happen to all of us. And if you don't find a way to laugh at it and even find some sort of pride in those moments, they can weigh you down. But the moment you find ways to laugh at any one of those situations, they become less embarrassing and more of a good story to tell. And that's really what this is all about. We talk about dramatic comedy, so find ways to laugh at your awkward moments. Anyways, that's long enough for this intro. Let's get into today's episode. 
All right, sorry for that little rant in the intro. That was actually me reading an excerpt from a blog I wrote uh, almost eight years ago, back in 2013. I stumbled across my old blog and started reading it. And so there will be times where if I feel like something I had said on there is worth sharing, you know, still, obviously I felt it was worth sharing at some point. That's why I wrote it. But if there's something on there that I feel like could be applied to something I want to share on, on this show, then I'll probably read it in the intro. So that's all that whole rant was about awkward moments. And I can dove into those stories another time. So as I also mentioned in the intro, one week from today on Saturday, January 30th at 7 p.m., there is a comedy show here in town in St. George, Utah, the Electric Theater. And this is kind of a unique show. Um, it's going to have an open mic type feel to it. The difference is open mics usually, you know, anyone can get up, you show up, you sign your name up on a list, and however many show up, they, they try and fit as many on as possible. In this instance, I believe Val has limited it to 15 people who need to already sign up and audition, essentially. So I believe all the spots are filled. If not, I, I don't know. I'd have to ask her. Probably should have done that before I recorded this. I know that I think there was at least 13 spots filled where these people who are either first-timers or, or really new in the game, still learning how to get their feet wet in, in the world of stand-up, and each one of them is going to perform for about three minutes at the most. And then after, and, and by the way, she's done this where she's turned it into a contest to where after the 13 people go, whoever had the best set wins $100 which is pretty awesome. I've been to a lot of open mics in my life. No one's ever won $100, all right? So that's a pretty significant opportunity that for three minutes of your time, you can end up walking away with $100. So that should be pretty fun. That, I believe, will will make it fun for the audience because they'll get to kind of be part of the process deciding who had the best uh, set and who walks away $100 richer. And then after that, Val's going to bring me on as the headliner, and I will be on for about 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how the first, you know, 13 performers go. Minimum amount, though, 20 minutes. Now, again, I've, I've, the longest stage set I've ever done has been about 20 minutes anyway. It's, I'm not nervous really about that, but it's the first time that I'm headlining. Now, people have paid anywhere from $5, $10, $15, dollars per ticket. My job as the headliner, is to make sure I give them the best show possible, making sure it was worth their money. Now, what I want to talk about uh, essentially on this episode of, of this podcast is I want to talk about the fear and the anxiety that goes into performing. I want to talk kind of specifically to the other 13 comedians that are going to be going up. And this is also for anyone who keeps thinking about stand-up and hasn't quite pushed themselves to go try an open mic or give it a try because they want more time to write more. They want to be more sure of themselves. Um, and, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Now, the first time I ever attempted an open mic was about eight years ago. In fact, it'll be eight years this June. It was in June of 2013, and it went horribly. But the fear and the anxiety of doing that, um, it happens. 
I mean, we're seven days away from my show, and I had dreams the last night about bombing at the show. That hasn't even happened yet, and it was not a dream that makes sense. My one-year-old likes to watch Shrek the Musical on Netflix a lot. And for some reason, there was, a, in my dream, at the show when I got brought up on stage, there was a heckler dressed like one of the evil witches from Shrek the Musical asking me how long this is going to take. And she had other things to do. And then Shrek itself was playing on a screen in the background so like no one was paying attention. That's not a logical thing that happened, but it's the dream that is based out of the fear and the anxiety of all the things that could go wrong in this show, right? So... The first time I did it, the very first time, I was nervous, but I was cocky. I had just seen Daniel Tosh perform. And opening for him was uh, Gerard Carmichael, which, by the way, totally listen to Gerard Carmichael if you ever get a chance. Hilarious, hilarious comedian. Anyways, but I was cocky. I was like, oh, I'm nervous, but I'm sure, how hard can it be? And I had some jokes that were not funny. And I went up and it went awful. And then I didn't want to try again for a while. The next time I ended up trying was in March of 2014. So like nine months later, right? And I was working in Park City at the time. And I knew that this club Wise Guys in Salt Lake at the time was in West Valley had open mics every Wednesday night. And so I was driving home on a Wednesday night from Park City and I knew I wanted to try it again. I just didn't want to go through that strenuous thing of I'm going to get up, try and say something I think is funny, and it's going to go awful again. The first time I ever did that first open mic at the, at the bar in 2013, I was supposed to be on stage for, I think, around two or three minutes. And I never even made it 20 seconds or I'm, I never even made it to the two minute mark. I posted in my Instagram about it, said that I only lasted, you know, 72 seconds or something like that. And there was a lot of you only lasted 72 second jokes that came my way after that. In fact, one of my best friends said that that phrase needs to be what's quoted on my tombstone. I made it 72 seconds. Anyways, I didn't want that bombing feel again because it's scary. Bombing is a horrible thing to deal with, but it's all part of it. Everyone bombs. I'll get into that in a minute. So what I decided to do on a Wednesday night was, okay, I'm at least just going to go attend the open mic. Not necessarily going to sign up. I'm just going to go attend it. And so I did. And I went down to the Wise Guys open mic on a Wednesday night in West Valley City. There a comedian that was hosting the open mic that night. It was a big guy named Christian Piper. And he was a very experienced comedian. He was very funny. And I watched comedian after comedian go up and do these two to three minute sets. Some were funny. Some were not. There was a guy I worked with at Dick's Sporting Goods a few years before that I knew. His name was Tanner Nicholson. He went up and I didn't know he was doing it. And that gave me some confidence seeing someone I knew go up and he did pretty well. And one of the workers at the club came up and asked me if I had gone up yet. And I said, no, I'm not going up. I'm just here to watch. And he's like, dude, don't be a pussy. And that bothered me that because I was watching these open micers go up, that this dude came up and said, told me, don't be a pussy. And I thought, okay, I don't want that label coming from this stranger who I had never seen before. And who knows if I'd ever see again. I didn't like that. I felt challenged. And so I thought, okay, 
I'm coming back here next week and I'm going to give this one more try. So, uh, the week went on, the next Wednesday came, I had this little green notebook. I wrote down what I was going to say, drove down there and I was the first one in line and I put my name on the sign up sheet and who was the worker working the sign up sheet? It was the guy who had called me a pussy. And I put my name and I looked at him. He clearly didn't recognize who I was. And so I went in and I sat down and I ordered my food. The signups were like at 6.30. The show didn't start till 7.30. So you had an hour to just sit there and regret signing up. And so I got my food and all that. And then I, I saw the guy again and I talked to him. I was like, hey, last week you called me a pussy and this time I signed up. And he's like, good. Don't be a pussy. He'd said it again. Mind games, man. And by the way... I told zero people I was doing this because if this was not going to go well, I wanted no one to know about it ever. And so I put my phone up uh, to record and I record the video and I went up and the first thing I said was, uh, I got up and I was like, you know, I'm sorry if I seem a little bit nervous. Uh, I am a little bit nervous, not because I'm on stage, but because I'm in West Valley and I'm worried about my car outside. Laughter. I don't know how big it was in my mind. It was a big laugh. And I was like, okay, this has already gone better than the first time. And I think I said that out loud. I was like, this is so, I, that's a bigger laugh than I got the first time I tried stand up. Boom, another laugh. And I said, maybe I should get off stage right now. Boom, another laugh. And then I went into the, what I'd prepared, which is this bit I have that you're probably familiar with about me being the minority in my own family. And I said it and it got a big laugh and an applause break. And at that moment, it was like heroin in the veins, as Bill Burr describes it. And then I said one other joke, talking about keys, how when you're looking for your keys and you're, you're looking for your keys and someone says, well, what do they look like? And I was like, well, they look like keys because all keys look the same. And that bombed and no one laughed. And I said, well, I guess I should have stopped at the good joke. Another big laugh. I said, that's all I got. Good night. Got the hell off that stage. Jay Whitaker, who is a fabulous comedian, he was the one hosting. He grabbed me and just, he whispered in my ears like, was that your first time? I was like, it was my second time. And he was like, keep coming back. That was good stuff. And then the same guy who called me a pussy came over to me in the back of the room and said, dude, that was funny. You need to come back. And I didn't go back for a few weeks. But I tell you that story because there's, there's two trains of thoughts in my first two stand-up uh, tries my first two open mics, one of which I was terrified. The other, the, the, uh, let me start over. So the first one, I was nervous, but I was cocky. I thought I could go just be Daniel Tosh or Gerard Carmichael. The second one, I was so scared of that happening that I was terrified and I paid more attention to what I was doing and I didn't try and be anyone else. I just tried to get the words out that I had prepared and it worked well because it came from a more honest spot. The biggest factor I want to stress is don't be scared of whatever anxiety you feel about performing on a stage. I'd be more nervous for you if it was your first time performing or, or whatever if you weren't nervous. I did a show last July where there was a couple people on there and there was a couple first timers and they came up to me and I was talking to them and I was like, so are you nervous? Are you scared? 
one lady said, I am, but I think I'm just going to have fun. And, and she showed some humility and she went out and she did fine. You know? And then there were two other people like, no, I'm not nervous. What is going to happen if a bomb, blah, 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 blah. I'm not nervous at all. I've done this. And the other guy was like, oh, I've done sketch comedy and I've done improv. And I'll do fine. I'll do fine. No nerves at all. Um, they did awful. It didn't go well. They had good presentation, but what they lacked was punchlines and they lacked humility and they lacked the self-awareness that what you're doing is a scary thing, especially if you've never done it before. I believe fully that if treated the right way, your fear and anxiety is the reason you'll succeed and the reason you'll do well and the reason that you'll want to keep coming back. First time I went on stage, I was nervous, but I was cocky. It went horrible. Anytime I've gotten on stage and I haven't been nervous and I've been way over my head confident, it's turned into this false confidence and it hasn't gone well because I lose touch with the sincerity that's actually making people laugh. There will be a time, if you keep at it, that the anxiety and the fear goes away. I've been at this consistently for about five years, on and off for about seven years. If you collectively, from the first time I went on stage to now, it's been about seven years, six and a half, seven years. Consistently, you know, starting in 2015, 2016, I was going three or four times a week. I don't know if it's because I haven't performed since July or whatever it is. I feel like I'm preparing for my first open mic again, where, or the, you know, that same pressure and the nerves and the anxiety, I've created probably 17 different set lists for how I want to go about doing this show to make sure I'm given the best possible performance for these paying customers. Every single one of these comedians who are going on before me, all 13 of them, are probably going through the same thing, and I hope they are. I hope that they are stressing about making sure they do the best show possible, but not... I, I hope they're not stressing so bad that they're thinking about quitting. I don't want anyone to back out of it. I respect the hell out of anyone who ever gets behind the microphone. It's a scary thing. But it's okay to get on and not feel ready. It's okay to feel like, like it's a scary thing. I opened up for a comedian named Rodney Norman uh, in 2019 at the Office Lounge. And to this day, he's the funniest comedian I've ever worked with. You're probably familiar with his TikTok. Big bearded guy, hilarious. Has this awkward persona when he does it. I got to know Rodney at some open mics in Salt Lake years ago a little bit. And we figured out that somewhere in our family line history, there's a relation there. And I've been able to reach out to him. He's been great for advice. And then in 2019, I finally got a chance to open for him. I was in the hallway uh, of the venue, kind of going over everything, and me and him started talking, and I was like, are you nervous at all? Or he asked me if I was nervous. I said, yep, I get these nerves every time, and there's this stress-filled anxiety until the moment I get to that microphone. And I said, are you? And he goes, I haven't been nervous since 2002. Well, that's fine. And he's not nervous. And the reason he's not nervous is because he's a pro. There has not been a situation he's been in that he can't turn around. He has done this thousands of times. 
And something he said has resonated that, remember, if people are in that room, they are there and they want to laugh. If people have paid for a ticket to get into the room where you're going to be performing, they're expecting to laugh. You comedians who are these first timers or you're new at this and you're going on for three minutes and you're scared no one's going to laugh. These people are paying $25 a ticket to laugh. They're going to be looking for reasons to laugh. There's all the reasons in the world not to laugh right now in the world. And $25 is worth going into a room and getting to watch someone try and make them laugh. They're going to be able to look for the reasons you laugh. What Val has created here is amazing for people who are getting their feet in the door. A lot of comedy clubs that host open mics, you're going to have a bunch of other comics there who aren't going to laugh. They're going to look for reasons to not laugh at you because there's this thing in comedians' mind where you look for other comedians' failures. I'm guilty of it. There are some comics up in Salt Lake when I was going to open mics that I didn't want to do well. There's been some people I've worked with here I don't like to do well. I try and get out of that mindset because uh, a rising tide raises all the boats. You know, if 13 people do well going in front of me, then I'll do well. It's, I want all performers to do well. And what Val has created here is this opportunity where people are coming, they know it's a comedy show, they know what the game is, and they're going to be looking for reasons to laugh at the jokes you have come up with. My advice to you is one, don't plagiarize. Don't borrow anyone's joke. And if you are going to do it, you ask permission. And then after you say the joke, you give credit to where you heard that joke. And two, just get to the microphone. Get to the microphone, get those first words out, and just let the ride happen. And if one joke doesn't work, it's okay. Just get to the next joke. Just get to the next joke. And when you get off stage, you might feel this rush of anxiety. You might feel this rush of accomplishment. But remember, for those three minutes that you're behind the microphone, you're the leader of that show. You're in a room where people are expecting you to be the man, the entertainment. I heard stand-up described once as, you're going to go into a room full of strangers, and you're going to be the only one allowed to talk, and they're going to laugh on your cue that's a lot of power. How do you think Hitler got started? <laughs> the point of this whole episode is, again, I'm cheering for you. If you're on this show, I'm cheering for you. If you're not on the show, but you're thinking about going to an open mic, I'm cheering for you to get there. Don't be scared of the anxiety that goes into it. Embrace it and love it. And, and I, I truly believe it will, it can drive you to do good things. Anyways, that's enough for me for now. Let's close it out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to my thoughts about the anxieties of stand-up and getting into it. Again, one week from today, January 30th. It's a Saturday. Uh, electric Comedy Night. I believe there's about... 25 tickets left to attend in person and if you want to watch it online $5 go to electriccomedynight.com or reach out to me through my Instagram uh, 
I am very pro comedy growing in Southern Utah, and I think this is a great step. Uh, thank you again for listening. I hope you like the show. Subscribe to it. Give it a rating if you want. I don't really care. I do care, but I don't want to care. Anyways, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk at you on the next one, which will probably be after the show is done, and we can report on how that all went. All right, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>